I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Okay. Yay, we're recording. Jane is dead. Jane is dead, gone forever, never to be seen again. Hi! (laughs) Very well, Jane. Hello, how are you? I am muy bueno. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy with this movie so far. It feels comfortable again. I don't oh, know why. You know what I didn't do? I was going to do another page count to see how many pages we covered in <laughs> this 10 minutes versus the first 10 minutes. I think the first episode is 118. <laughs> um, right, right. Definitely at least that many. And this book is a bigger why. book, but this, this movie clips this movie clips along <laughs> like we we waste on no time oh yeah i mean we get zero dursleys which sorry i don't think anyone's terribly upset about that no it's uh anyway well, harry potter so the book uh well and you gotta remember too in this one we're eliminating entire characters we're eliminating winky we're eliminating eliminating ludo and that whole timeline we're eliminating the uh twins um blackmailing Ludo for their winnings and shit. Uh, so there's a lot of things that happen around this that we never see. Right. So right. I'm sure so it is more pages there's, then. There's some jumping around um, because in the book, you know, they get there, they learn about the Triwizard Tournament and then like Dermastrang and Bobaton don't arrive for like weeks into the school year yep and then they're there yet and it before names are even drawn or submitted so it's like we we meet mad-eye moody before the cup is brought out because the cup doesn't come for you know months after school starts right um it was like halloween right yes it is at the halloween feast that the names are drawn so i was like oh right off the okay right right away okay Got Which it. the movie kind of gives the impression that like a single day passes. Um, but yes. anyway, let's get into it instead let's. of just talking on the abstract of it. So <laughs> we open this week uh, yeah. right in the midst of all the chaos that has broken out following the World Cup. Uh, the first line here is Mr. Weasley telling them all to get back to the port key and to stick together. Um, so, of course, they immediately split up. Uh, this also creates some confusion about how port keys work. Uh, which, I thought that too. Right. Which I, This has been pointed out by many, so I'm not going to go into a huge tangent about it. But I'll just say that port keys are normally a one-way deal. Like mm-hmm. You're not just going to go back to the same one and, and take it home. It's not like a bus route or, or you know, the uptown, downtown train. Um, yeah, it's a one-use kind of a situation. It was just a convenient plot mechanism for this movie. Get back exactly. to that thing that, we, that helped us get here. Yes. Letting the audience assume, yeah. Um, there's an obvious contradiction to that in this film, but I think that we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to it um, because there are some fascinating fan theories about what that means, but I don't want to get into it now because that's weeks from now. Okay. Um, also, should have noted last week that it's such a bummer that we don't get to meet Bill and Charlie here like we do in the books. Oh, shit. Like More characters uh, we cut out. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Arguably Dang. more exciting characters too. Um, so the kids run off into the madness and we see a group of masked people, masked cone-headed people <laughs> wielding torches. So I wanted to ask you right off the bat too, this isn't a big deal, but are we glad that they didn't include the smuggle family that they were like torturing and that was the chaos? I mean, I think it makes it a lot darker. 
if they had included them. Yeah. Yeah, very much um, so. And that's kind of what made me think this is probably why they purposely didn't. Yeah. And I'm I'm very okay with it. <laughs> so I'm very okay that they didn't. Yeah, this, I mean, the direction that they went with it, it kind of just looks like rioters. Like people are walking around fucking shit up for absolutely no reason. Um, they're just basically setting shit on fire. Yeah. They don't really appear to be attacking anyone. It's just, I'm going to burn it all to the ground, <laughs> which... There's not a lot of understanding in the motivation for that. I, albeit, there's not a lot of understanding for the motivation in the books either. They're just tormenting muggles because they're racist assholes. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we're just leaving that element out, which makes sense because, again, more characters were eliminating because it is the campsites. Yeah. Manager or whatever. It's him and his family. Which is so, so sad. I and know. I really... Even like the next day when they're trying to leave and the guy is like, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a... oh... It's a dark mm-hmm. note in that book, like from the get. <laughs> so I could see why in the movie they're like, let's let's ease into this. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of moments in this chunk and the next one that I had forgotten were there. And they just remind me of the camp in the third movie that I'm like, no, no, no. I thought we left this behind. Why are yeah. we still doing this? Oh, I'm curious to know what parts you're talking about because I, I, I feel like I know the same ones. I will, of course, point them out. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead. Keep going. So the crowd kind of becomes a mosh pit and Harry is pulled away from the rest of the group in a semi kind of stampede that's happening. There's a lot of fire and screaming as the Conehead people fuck shit up for, like we said, apparently no reason. Um, right. And Harry ends up falling to the ground and appears to maybe be kicked. Uh, and knocked unconscious. I think it is a kick because I said, um, I'm sorry, that kick was brutal. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a kick to the, 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 the kisser right there. Right? <laughs> pal, um, right to the kisser. Pal, right to the kisser. Okay, sorry. Um, Go on, so back. an uncertain amount of time later, we see a man walking through the burned out camp beneath a full moon. And he's kicking stuff out of his way because he's a bad boy. He's bad. He's in a long leather coat that I kind of want but anyway um so he stops and he casts the dark mark into the sky and takes a moment to bask in the green light and uh harry begins to come to on the ground and he sits up and notices the man the man then starts toward harry and harry kind of takes off when thankfully we hear ron and hermione calling for him and the mysterious man changes his mind and takes off in the other direction as the trio are reunited However, before any of them can really get their bearings, they are all surrounded by Aurors, all of whom throw stunning spells at the trio, all of which are easily avoided, I might add. Right. (laughs) The same thing. I'm like, they are not good at their jobs. (laughs) I mean, really? Is there any question why Voldy rose to power so quickly? Like, if you can just dodge, like, literally duck to get out of the way of six Aurors, like, okay. (laughs) And can we talk about that? We've got our best and brightest here. This is like the first time I think I saw a close-up look of the Aurors, and they're like a motley crew. Did you notice them? Mm-hmm. That woman's wearing almost like an old-timey British police cap <laughs> like, with the with the high up. I'm just like, this is maybe not a crew I would want as my best and brightest to fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you said, um, kind of no wonder. Uh, <laughs> like, are these all people like Arthur who just happened to be there and were like, shit, let me go help? Sure. Or, or are these actually the Aurors? I, I guess we think, don't really know that. 
but they look almost like official and like dressed like they were ready for this. Yeah. It, it was weird. Anyway. Uh, Mr. Weasley comes running in, uh, through the crowd and yelling for everyone to stop. Um, That's my son! Best which moment. Is very cute. Um, I love him. Crouch comes barreling in to the crowd and asking who conjured it. And Harry is just like, what the fuck is happening? As usual, um, Hermione saves him and whispers that the big snake coming out of the skull in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's his mark. And Harry directs them toward the man that he saw in the leather coat running away and the aura's leave. And the trio and Mr. Weasley kind of take a moment to also stare up at the dark mark as it roars. <laughs> It, it's and slithers about above them. I don't know. Uh, I am I the only one that thought that it was static? I never really imagined it as like a moving, living thing. I thought it was like a spooky symbol up in the sky, right? It's Almost just like a, a constellation. Yes. Well, I think actually, I think in the book, one of the illustrations is a constellation, so that yes. makes sense. The lightning but, struck tower, I think. Yes, but yeah, like it's just a mark. It's not. I don't know, but then again, we did have a lot of fun with the CGI leprechaun and the CGI. That's uh, true. We just decided displays. we were, we're not like, going to do we're the not Viva, finished. We which are arguably way more fucking interesting than leprechauns. <laughs> I did notice for the first time too a little continuity thing, which I had never noticed. I even rewound a couple times. Barty Crouch again are not great, or that's on site. Um, he has everybody has their wands out after they said stupefy towards the kids. And all of a sudden he walked up to them and he pulls out his wand again. Like, no, 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 no. Everybody just had their wands out. Why would you be re-pulling out your wand? Or he said, when he goes, which one of you conjured it? I'm like, ah, okay. So that was a, we restarted the scene. Okay, I see, I see. Oh, I totally, I, I was, I really had to take a moment to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed it before. It's not like a, a big thing, but like literally they're all one second, everybody's pointing their wands and he comes out and says, that's my son. And then Barty comes in again and also pulls his wand out. Like, no, you ah. just had it out one second ago. You wouldn't be putting it away, but pulling it back out to question these kids. I see you. I see you. I'm watching Damn this script time. script supervisor <laughs> missed that one. There's already a part two of this book that I'm, or this book. There's already a part of this movie that I was like, oh my God, I never, there's parts of this movie I forgot existed. Yeah. But I'm like, oh shit. So, I feel okay. like there are parts that I just like willingly forget exist. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Our minds just glaze over it. We're like, I'm like, it's fine. It's okay. it's fine. You don't it's need to retain that... this. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and then here we are again at our favorite lock on the train to Hogwarts. I don't know what it is about that filming location, but like it feels like it is that same fucking island that I've been complaining it about is. for all of season three. That's what it is. It's our little island. We just had the one location we had to use over and over again, apparently. It's fine. <laughs> just to remind um, the audience that this is where we're going. Yes, we are going to Huggy Huggy Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. uh, we hear the trolley witch coming down the corridor, and Ron scrambles to get some sweets. Harry joins him and does this very cute, like, Ron doesn't have enough money, and Harry's like, I'll get it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll get it. I'm like, oh, Actually, yeah. Hmm, get you a man who does that. <laughs> Actually, get you a man who's going to get up and get your shit for you, okay? <laughs> Fuck this me having to get up in the first place. Anyway, how did we get here? Um, oh, so Harry joins him. Uh, and while he is deciding what he would like, we meet Cho Chang for the first time. Um, I would say it's pretty agreed upon that she got the same shaft as Bonnie Wright, isn't it? 
Like she's Cho mm. is way more interesting in the books. She's kind of boring and has devoid of personality in the movies. Right. Do we even know in the films that she plays Quidditch? I don't think no. there's ever any reference to her playing. No. I think the squibs probably missed out on that. It's weird. She's in like one of the next few scenes too, where she's just like there. I'm like, yep. okay. All right. It's like they tried to make her a character without making her a character. Like, you know, Cho Chang. And like, we're just supposed to. Yeah. Uh, right. Her. That one that always whispers. <laughs> He's got a very cute little light Do voice. Pumpkin pasties, please. Pumpkin pasties. Bitch, get out of here. Tell me what you want. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Harry just kind of stares at her awkwardly before returning to his seat. He does this a few times in this movie where he just becomes a dumb teenager uh, when he sees her. Fine, It's cute. a choice. Whatever. Sure. Oh, I'm not mad I... at it. Don't love it either. Can I point out something I never noticed on the trolley? Yes. Never noticed this. I finally like got to, again, watching this <laughs> digitally. I'm like, oh, it's so much clearer. Um, the little cart says, all aboard the Honeydukes Express. Cute. Never saw that before in my life. I'm like, what does that say? Oh, that's so cute. And then like right below it, one of the candies sticking out is for some reason like a squat little lady. Maybe she's like a fairy godmother or something. But the the candy itself, I can read underneath. I think it says fizzing Wisbies. Yay. It says fizzing something. I'm like, oh. oh we love on. fizzing Wisbees. Look at the details we're putting into this. Look at you. Look at you. Set design. The set design, this fucking movie too. Like, oh, I'm like, oh God, I was very happy. It's I don't know. I start like to feel they like they had millions of dollars. <laughs> almost like this has become really a successful franchise. Yeah, I was. I'm very pleased. Yeah, uh, Hedwig looks real this time. Yes. Yeah, it's for sure. It's a real owl. <laughs> Unclear for a couple of more seconds here why the hell she's there, but we get there. Yeah. So Hermione is reading the newspaper and asks how it's possible that they don't know who conjured the dark mark, and then even questions the security. Ron reassures her that there was loads of security, and Hermione notices Harry rubbing his scar. As usual, he lies about it, which I um, don't understand. Like, they know already yeah. at 14. And then, like, three years later, he's still trying to lie about it, and Hermione's like, dude, <laughs> we, we've, okay, whatever. Do what right. you gotta do. Sure. Anyway. As usual, he lies about it, but she persists and says that Sirius would want to know about everything that has happened. This is really the only information that we get or the only confirmation that we get because she says about this and the dream. So this is the only confirmation that we get in the film that Harry saw the first scene with Frank, Voldemort, Warrantel, and Crouch in a dream. Otherwise, you're just kind of left to infer that like the whistle is blowing on the teapot and that kind of translates to him being like thrashing about in bed before the world cup um so i think that this was did he tell them about the dream because when well exactly it's a greek tragedy or greek drama moment where the action has happened off stage ah yes <laughs> at some point like, he told them about the dream right at some point he he filled them in on on what he saw in the dream and now we're all on the same page anyway Oh, I did have one note too. Ron's sweater. Is it's it a Weasley sweater? And it has a Molly Stephanie Puss sweater game. <laughs> you got buttons down it. And then it has the giant R in the front. I'm like, oh, uh, get it, Molly. Molly. Get it. Fucking set design, man. I love this one. But yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It's very much a let's catch up. You want to know about your ska and the dream. Anyway, and then we don't even see. I kind of liked it when in the book we get to see what he wrote to Sirius. 
Yeah, honestly, those are always my favorite moments. Okay. Those are always my favorite things to read. Thank you. Are the handwritten notes. And he likes, and it shows a little bit of their relationship together and shows what he's. Uh, we get to I watch like him it. write Serious Black, though. Yeah, we get very slowly. I'm like, God, it's a slow ass note he just wrote. <laughs> we seem to still be around the island, by the way. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So Harry apparently agrees as next we see him addressing an envelope to Sirius Black and sending Hedwig out the train window by that same goddamn island. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe it does all of Scotland just look like this. Because can, can one of our Scottish listeners confirm? Does all right. of Scotland just look like this? Yeah. I've even seen images of it and people are like, yep, here's an island like from Harry Potter. I'm like, okay, just just the one, right? <laughs> like it should just be one. Just it. There's just one. I don't know. There's yeah. Somebody let us know. I can't look at geography anymore. Pretend oh, I know no. what's going on. Next, we get a couple of beautiful shots of the train approaching Hogwarts, albeit at the entirely wrong time of day, which does rub me the wrong way a little bit. Mm. The train always arrives after dark, but this year it appears to be like a very gloomy afternoon, maybe evening. Of course, this is the adjustment that was needed in order to see the other schools arriving. Right. Because we crunch all this into the first day instead of, you know, weeks later, like we had discussed. Mm -hmm. And despite having no clue what the fuck is happening, the Hogwarts students are like looking on in awe as an enormous carriage arrives pulled by seven winged horses, followed by a large ship emerging out of the Black Lake. <laughs> Like, no, nobody, th there was no, like, note sent home, like, oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening day one. This is happening. Like, as you're arriving, like, don't go running right up to your room or to the Great Hall because uh, shit's going down. Maybe it was a different day. Maybe that's what we're supposed to infer. Like maybe it's well, just the journey and then like do maybe the like next a great job of implying that if that's what their intention was. So are they wearing are they wearing the same clothes that they were wearing on the train to when they're welcoming all the students? I don't they're remember. In their robes when they're at the table. But when they're like their actually arriving. Clothes. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't Because when they're in the courtyard attention. seeing this shit come in, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're wearing. I don't know, it's a moot point. I mean, realistically, they should be in their robes because Correct. students are supposed to change into their robes on the train. But I definitely remember a shot uh, from that arrival scene and not everyone is in their robes. So who Done. knows? Maybe that's Done. right. One, um, dumb, one dumb side note I had that's not important, but fucking I hate the shtick of um, Hagrid saying, clear the runway for the fucking horses landing. And then him jumping out of the way. And then all I could think too was, who's he talking to? Yeah. He works by himself. <laughs> what runway? Hagrid, you okay, buddy? <laughs> Maybe he's yelling at Fang to get out of the way. <laughs> you spend a little bit too much time by yourself? <laughs> Clear the runway. Oh, Hagrid, no one's there. <laughs> I've always wondered, this is a weird side note. I've always wondered yeah. how Hogwarts students would have arrived to the other schools. Like, what's Hogwarts' big impressive mode of transportation? Bestrals. Flagging on invisible motherfuckers. <laughs> that is Hello. pretty badass. If you can see what we're writing, you've seen death. I don't know. Again, can Hogwarts students go? Well, I guess they could have if somebody else had hosted the cup. Right. 
Interesting. Who knows? So we jump to the Great Hall as Dumbledore is making the start of term announcements following the sorting. We get a very campy and unnecessary interruption by Filch. Ugh. It's just, this is the same bit. It's the same students out of bed, students out of bed. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, we, we get it. And then I had the captions on, as I usually do when I watch for the podcast, and Filch mumbles something, which isn't included in the captions, and then Dumbledore just says, well, have them wait, just wait. So I guess it's saying, like, oh, the, the students are here. Well, we already fucking knew they were here. We just watched them right. arrive. Like, I don't know. That was just dumb and a waste of time. <laughs> Feels like Mean Girls. Stop trying to make Filch happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> He's not a character. Let it let it die. Yeah, it bugged. it's stupid. Anyway. All of that before Dumby goes on to announce the return of the Triwizard Tournament. He continues by briefly explaining the concept and expressing the seriousness of one's participation and finally introducing the other schools who presumably have been waiting in the entrance hall. Rude. I have always and will always take issue with the film's implication that Bobatons is an all-girls school and Durmstrang is all-boys. Why? Hmm. Like, oh, why, I didn't think about I, why? 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 Keep it easy. <laughs> Are there no French <laughs> can't, wizards can't that around. need to be educated? Like, nope. uh, and no, like Baltic witches that get to go to. <sighs> nope, nope. That's not a th- that's not a thing. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I even noticed that, but that's kind of dumb. It was a it was a choice for sure. It was a choice, maybe just to, I don't know, develop some kind of difference from Hogwarts and to imply that each of them is a bit more exclusive, which does happen in the books, especially the people from Bow Battens are kind of very, like, have their noses turned up at Hogwarts and think it's shabby. And anyway. Can we talk about the teachers, too, behind Dumbledore? Yes, let's. Why are there, like... <laughs> Stadium seating. De- yeah, there's desk. suddenly another row of the head table. And they're working. Yeah. They have like papers out and stuff. I'm like, why? Why would you be working during? Got to get that meeting? lesson prep done. <laughs> just feels kind of odd. I don't know. Just like a reminder. There's other teachers. Like I already know you need to tell me that. Thanks. Yeah. Dumb. Can we talk about this intro though of these students? Yeah, please go for it. I, uh, yeah, you're right. They definitely made a choice to do like the girls versus the boys, whatever the boys are the strength and the girls, aren't they so pretty and desirable and stuff? I don't need a camera shot of the Bobotten, 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 whatever. I don't need a, a screenshot or a screen or a camera close in of these poor girls' butts. Is there? I have that exact note. Like, I... uh, their entrances are appropriately silly and ostentatious. We'd get that we like to show off in front of each other. We've already talked about that already in this book, not mm-hmm. really mentioned in the movie, but I don't love the ass shot of a group of teenage, teenage girls. girls. And if it wasn't about that, then why didn't we get a similar ass shot of the boys? Okay, of them running up. Right, like... No, instead we see them flipping around and... Kind of. Slamming 
staffs into the ground. Wow, there's no fucking disgusting imagery there or anything. <laughs> hey, look at these girls' butts, and then hey, look at these boys and their big rods. <laughs> Shit, I didn't put that together. Well, I just like so Ron even says like, oh, like bloody hell or something about the girls, and looks at them. That could have been implicated enough that he is ogling them. That's enough. We're good. He said it. Bloody hell, whatever he is watching these girls flit up. We don't need the camera shot, too. Like, you as an adult man filming this should have gone, you know, it's not great. No, it's very weird. No, it's not a it's great It's very shot. weird. And if you want to show them running up, like, fine, show them from behind. But why is it just their asses? That was unsettling. Like, this like is that's probably... the problem. Like, show their entire body, then fine. Okay, let's see what sure. they're doing as they're moving up to the front of the Great Hall. Yeah. But to just be like, hey... Here's some teenage ass. Yeah. That was a real disturbing choice that I did I, not care for. I don't think I've ever liked that. And this this viewing this time around, I'm like, I really don't like that. Did not need. Thank you. I mean, their intro is kind of dumb to begin with. You know, Very. Like, again, the boys are like athletic and let us show our might. And the girls are just like, right. look at how pretty the butterflies are. <laughs> and look, this is my butt. And, they don't and even there's like... one girl who can't even compete that's doing a bunch of flips in a unitard. Well, like, like what if the we'd fuck even is sung, going on? If they're like saying a song or something, fine. So I'm just, ha, ah, ah. like, okay, that's it. That's all we got, huh? Yeah. Okay. That's extremely, extremely sexist. Okay. That's gross. So the other thing that I noticed with their entrances is that it really feels like both of the schools have already chosen their champion because like, Flora's up there at the beginning and she has her little shunny turns into a lame duck PK. And then her sister is flipping around next to her and they like pose at the front of the group. And then when the Durmstrang boys come in and breathe fire, mm -hmm. then Crumb comes in with the headmaster. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so we know who the champions from <laughs> Bobaton and, and Durmstrang are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, it, I okay. mean, there's Just, no rule against that about, I guess. We suddenly no jump. Suspense. Yeah, right. We suddenly jump outside where there is a heavy thunderstorm happening. For some reason, we find Mad-Eye Moody, though we don't know that's who it is yet, um, mm -hmm. scaling a fucking mountain <laughs> to get to Hogwarts Castle. That's what I wrote. I said, I'm sorry, why is he hiking? <laughs> I guess the path from Hogsmeade was no good. He um, likes the element of surprise. Sure. We like to hike in the thunderstorm. Yes. On slippery. It was like rocks too. Like it's yeah. raining. Like, dude, you could fall. You have a fake leg. Like, I don't know. I could think of better ways you could possibly. Like, I don't know. Apparating. <laughs> fucking carriage. I mean, we've seen hogs being carriages. Remember? Yeah. It's I. Anyway, uh, we jump back inside the great hall where Snape and Karkaroff share an uncomfortable and intimate silence while Karkaroff like pours a glass of whatever for Snape mm. and Madame Maxine drones on about how important her horses are and how they need to be cared for. <sighs> Pause for just a second though. Is that just a, a literal pile of Swiss rolls on the table in front of Dumbledore. <laughs> we have to talk about just the food in this scene alone. Oh my God. Multiple cakes, a croquembouche, like yeah. again with the food waste at Hogwarts, but also I have been craving Air dessert all day now. Okay. Not to mention there's like an ice cream tower too at one point and the ice cream just yeah. looks like it's not melting. I have actually embarrassingly tried to Google this several times before this viewing. <laughs> 
who the fuck did the like the catering or the food design or whatever for this movie because you never really see it this ornate again but it's, yeah, it's, it's insane it's it's very cool but it's like there's even one point i believe where maybe it's the next scene but like there's a point where they're standing in front of the head table maybe it is maybe it's where barty crouch is standing there but there's like an ornate like chocolate bird sculpture <laughs> like right it's it's over the top right. and there is reference in the books about especially in the weeks leading up to the arrival of oh, the other shit. schools that you know the house elves are are polishing everything more and uh the suits of armor have themselves. all been oiled and and the uh the portraits are are red from filch scrubbing their faces um and there's mention, especially at the like welcoming feast, that there are a bunch of dishes that the Hogwarts students had never seen before. Uh, so I do like that they really went over the top of the desserts and were like, "Hey, we're going to make a statement here." Absolutely. We didn't really see any of the other food, so this was their choice to do, or their chance to do that again. Yeah, I guess. Oh, but yeah, it's just it's nuts. Yeah, this was the Swiss rolls through me too. I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> like, They're huge, and now I just want a Swiss. Uh, me i want a swiss roll we get another dumb campy moment here where hagrid stabs <sighs> young flitwick in the hand while talking to madame maxime hard eye to, roll i just okay whatever i just had to pour more wine before we even got to that part because it just it's so dumb it's, it's just so dumb exactly it's dumb <laughs> why i guess it's showing how dumb harry is around cho because he has a crush on her how dumb hagrid is around madame maxime again yeah. things that i don't need that <laughs> no i didn't need that could have surmised that myself thanks a large object that kind of looks like a tiered cake is moved onto a platform in front of the mm -hmm. head tables is my mind just on cake right now i don't know it's fine dumby gets everybody's attention and begins waxing rather dramatically about the triwizard tournament and expressing mm -hmm. again the danger of competing he begins to introduce Barty Crouch as Moody enters through the fucking back door because he's a badass. The timing is weird as fuck, but the ceiling suddenly starts freaking out as if it wouldn't have been before when it was thunderstorming outside when we just mm -hmm. saw it a second ago. And Moody casts some sort of spell to get it to chill the fuck out. There's a moment here that I've never thought much about before. But as Moody is entering, he gives a very weird look to Bowdy Crouch, who's being introduced. And that makes more sense in hindsight when you realize he's actually glaring at his father, whom he hates, because it's Barty Crouch Do you Jr. think it's like his rage is reflected in the ceiling? I don't. Okay. <laughs> it, it just, <laughs> it's just a weird timing for Moody to arrive. Oh, or maybe it's just the arrival of the storm that's approaching because Moody's not Moody and Barty Crouch and they've been re they're in the same space and bad things are about to go down. So the storm is like a foreshadowing. Yeah, I think there's definitely some foreshadowing going on there. It's a tool, but it frustrates me because the storm should already have been happening in the Great Hall. Yes. So why does it just happen when Moody comes in other than to alert people like, hey, there's some something... This guy, this guy. Something's something's dark and spooky here. Also, I didn't know you could shoot the ceiling. Uh, I, again, apparently you can. <laughs> I was just like, that's new. But then again, oh well. Then again, we did make that theory in the last movie that they. What am I trying to say? They they configured the sky, the great hall to look like constellations so the kids could sleep. Oh yes, that's true. They put up all those galaxies. Hmm, Pretty stuff to look at. 
I thought it was supposed to be a reflection. Okay, well, whatever. Tis, okay. according to Hogwarts, a history. <laughs> Thank you, Hermione. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Moody makes a very Winifred Sanderson entrance, like grunting and leering around the room. And Dumbledore greets him, and Moody stands back against the wall to take a swig from his flask. Mm hmm for a squib this probably seemed odd but again we know why this was a very important thing to note and for people to see similar to the like red flashing light that is the sky freaking out when he walks in hmm. this moment of like why are we watching him drink from a flask and then even commenting on it the boy saying i don't think it's pumpkin juice like oh yeah by the way this is important look at it 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 subtlety is not an art in these movies no and it like and they can't afford for it to be because there is too great a percentage of the Harry Potter fandom that has never read the books true yeah that's very fair and so they do need to have these moments that stand out and are very particular. But anyway, yeah. that's it. That's the end of this chunk. That's all. Yeah. Goodbye. It's over. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. End of story. Um, that's the next chunk. But, the, note, the last one I did have, I just wrote Terminator Eye. And I think I'm talking about <laughs> Moody's eye, his magical eye, like zooms in on Harry and like zooms in, zooms out. All I can think of was like Terminator or like <laughs> any other sci-fi movie where it's like a robot's trying to identify a threat. Yeah, they do. They even kind of give it a little bit of an electronic um, Noise. sound effect. Yeah. That's like, I, um, um, okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be a magic eye. A magic eye wouldn't go, like, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, you are, this is, that's a choice. All right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they do give it kind of almost a, a life of its own, too, which I think it appropriately needs to have. Sure, 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 sure. But, but we, I see what you mean. We'll have to discuss Moody a little bit more next week. I feel like. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you. Please. Um, what would you nurture with single malt whiskey? <laughs> because I want to keep it around. Yes. Um, there's not a ton in this chunk. I guess I would keep, ooh, just the set design. The trolley candy and the um, feast st feast uh, desserts and just the um, box, the case that the Goblet of Fire is in. Super ornate and cool. So yeah, just the overall like kind of set design, like we're already kind of setting the stage of like, this is going to be a different movie. And I, I was here for it. Anyway, what would you uh, feed single malt whiskey to me? Uh, kind of the same thing. I just put dessert. I don't know. I think I was hungry when I was taking notes. <laughs> Shit. You're like, and that'll do. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. Very cool design. I, I liked all of it. I just wanted to look at it. Um, anyway, okay. um, what would you zappy zap rain clouds go away? <laughs> um, magical storm cloud. Get rid of. Yeah, sorry to be petty, but I'm going to go back to the uh, Hagrid stabbing the hand. I don't want that. I don't think that's petty. I think it's, I think that that's appropriate. I think it's, that was stupid. It's sticky and silly and very uncomfortable. I don't want to see anybody stab for that. Like, he stabs him, and that fork stays there for a it's minute. It's like, fully in pull there. it out. God. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I don't want to think about gross <laughs> and then gross. Flitwick calls him an idiot which to me is out of character for Flitwick yeah that was a little rude that's not the Flitwick I know 
Rude. What would you, <laughs> I was going to say, what would you stab with a fork? No, what would you? <laughs> I mean, let's go with that too. Whoa. That works for me. What would you, um, yeah. Zap, zap. For me, it's going to be the other schools being all boy or all girl. I don't like that. I'm with you. It's it's definitely saying something like, oh, the French school is very floaty and elegant. And then the Bulgarian school is rough and tumble. So are you ready for our new segment? <laughs> yes. What do we have this week? This week's probably unanswerable question <laughs> uh, goes out to poor Winky, whom we never meet. Mm. But I was thinking about Winky and thinking about unanswerable questions and arrived at how long do house elves live and so i guess it's probably a two-parter it is not it's not probably it is a two-parter um and how do they reproduce oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh no i don't oh no so Um, i got to thinking about this because at a point in the books we learn that winky has served the crouches forever and her mother before her and her mother before her. And we also know that Creature has served the Blacks, the Black family for a very, very long time and that his ancestors are, their heads are literally mounted on the wall. And so there's kind of this idea that like each house health then has some kind of progeny on which they pass, onto which they pass their responsibilities. Okay. So what are your thoughts? That's a lot. Um <laughs> Because then you also have to wonder too, do they have the same kind of rift or possible rift that the wizard community does? Where can there be half elves? Uh so there is an answer to that. Yeah. Um, there is a point, I believe, in one of the books where someone speculates that Flitwick is part elf. Right. And part uh, wizard or something, right? Yes. Upon further research, he's actually part goblin, which explains why he's so powerful. Ooh. But there is another character, and I'm forgetting who it is, and I should have written it down, that is referred to as part elf. So yes, the answer to that is there can be half elf, half wizards. Interesting. In the same way that there can be a half giant. So then that, so then why I'm asking that is like, kind of brings me back to like, so then I would think that a lot of elf families would want them to marry other pure elves to continue the line of servitude for this family. See, I think it's very cute and sweet that you think that there's marriage involved. Oh, no. Oh, I don't like this question anymore. <laughs> oh, so no. Where are we going? Is this going to be dark? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, oh, it's no. not dark. No. Um, there's not a lot of data out there that I was able to find anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one source that suggested that they lived for about 200 years. But there was also a statement from She Who Must Not Be Named that Creature was 666 when he died. Damn. I feel like that's like a little too convenient and that maybe there was a mix-up regarding who they were talking about because didn't Nicholas Flamel die when he was 666? Like yes. That's just kind of a weird same thing. Yeah. Um, and plus that's way more than 200 years. Right. You know, if the average elf is living long. 200 years and somebody's living, you know, creatures living three times that, that's kind of insane. Yeah. And then plus, like, how how long ago was your ancestor beheaded and mounted on the wall if you've been around for 660 years? That, that was my next point, too. It was like, mm, I can't be right. 
when it comes to reproducing, it would appear that it's more like pets or like show dogs where they are bred and not like together for romantic love. Asked you if this was going to be sad. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's sad. It's it's unfortunate because it goes back to the implication that they're like of part human or near human intelligence to uh, quote Dolores Umbridge. Um, but really, the only thing that I saw about it was something about how they reproduce only when given permission or directed to by their master. God. Right, so I it's hate like this. no. I don't know. It's very funny to think about, like, what's a what does a baby house elf look like? <laughs> <laughs> so was that like was Dobby a teenager? Was that why I don't he know. had these different ideas? Like, was that why he was so modern? He was a revolutionary. Ugh. So yeah, and I mean, do they get maternity leave? Do they just have to take care of a baby? Is it like house a elf? litter when they're born? Or they're oh my <laughs> god! Oh, I hate that more. Oh no! Well, no. I mean, what don't is... say litter. <laughs> What if they live like in the forest and something eats some of their young? You know, they can't just only have one. Yeah. What happens when they're a free elf and they knock up another elf? And how are they? Are they in eggs? Are they born like babies? Like, uh, oh, I don't. They're, they're mammals. They can't be in eggs. I hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Let's, so, I, okay. Let us I know don't... what you think. If somebody has information <laughs> that I don't have, please share with me. I need to know this. how long do they live? How do they reproduce? How long is there like growing? Is it a growing situation where they like grow up in a year and they're able to help their parent? Or is it a situation where they're bred and they're sold at birth? I'm so curious. A very short lived segment because I'm going to have little nightmares about <laughs> troll elf babies tonight. Good job. Hey, good job. Inquiring minds want to know. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good one. That's a good good question. Okay. okay. So uh, yeah, and that's it. There we go. Okay. Well, hey, this is a good chunk. I'm excited. Let's uh let's yeah, talk we're, more next we're week. We're making we're I mean, we're well over two hundred pages into a seven hundred page book. So if we keep going at this rate, we're gonna be done next week. <laughs> <laughs> this season is four and a half weeks long. Uh we're done. Yeah. You'd think. Shoot. Okay. Well, hey, but I'll be here. Will you be here next week? I will be here. Yes. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. Well, hey, I love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening everybody and follow us on the things you know where they are the tiktoks and the youtubes and most importantly the instagrams that's where you get all the all the deets y'all all All the the deets is on the insta yeah come find us okay i'll see you next week see you next week okay bye bye like the cheap ass little debbie ones those are my jam oh yeah little debbie is my girl little debbie swiss cake girl i can't have them in the house no i can't have no, them in the i will eat the entire box i will it'll eat be it. gone it'll be gone and i live with somebody i will be sick will see my shame <laughs> and i will be sick and like throwing up i'll never forget growing up i would go and spend like a week to a week and a half uh living at my grandma's house every mm-hmm. summer and so usually like the day that she picked me up or I was dropped off, we would like go grocery shopping and we'd get to go. I'd get to go and like pick out whatever I wanted. Like I want to eat this this week and 
she always had baked goods, but she always like mm. acquiesced to purchase some sweet that I wanted at the store. Right. And I remember one summer I got zebra cakes. Ooh. <laughs> and could not stop eating them and ate them to the point that I got like I cannot eat zebra cakes ever since then because I they like I got sick. I threw up zebra everything. <sighs> It was not a pleasant experience. I really can't think of anything worse. Well, there's many things that are worse, but that's a horrible thing to throw up. Just that violent sweetness. Oh my God. And why did I even like it? It was, it tastes like plastic. It tastes like, it plastic, doesn't even like taste like cake. Spongy it's, plastic sugar. Yeah, it's plastic. Yeah. Oh, you poor baby. Oh, okay. poor but little Swiss dummy. <laughs> yes.